Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today, I'm very excited to have Dale Stabler, and this is a really fun episode for me because I've known Dale since college. Some of you may know her as one half of Sweats in the City, the very popular fitness and lifestyle blog, but she is also the co-founder of Oro App, which is a fitness workout on demand and live platform. So you can think of it as a virtual class pass where you can watch all sorts of workouts from all sorts of different instructors all under one roof. She is also an investor, an advisor. She does so many different things, but overall, she's one of the most genuine, kind, sweet, um, kind-hearted, loving, amazing humans that I know. And I'm very, very lucky to call her one of my close friends. So I'm very happy to have you here, Dale. Welcome to the pod. Well, thank you for that <laughs> beautiful introduction. I am so excited to be here with you and Jasmine. I've also known Annabelle, as she said, for years, and it's just really special to feel like it came full circle and to be doing this with you. And yeah, I'm so honored. Thank you. Yeah. And I think this is a unique situation where I've actually seen Dale's growth journey from college, you know, till now, you know, we've been together living in New York and now we live in LA. I've seen her like work in those like super not glamorous fashion jobs right out of college where she was like a glorified assistant and like running around all day and all that to see her now like very fulfilled in a career that she loves being her, you know, authentic, genuine self. So it's been a privilege to really witness that growth journey. And yeah, we're really excited to have you here. Thank you. So do we want to start with what is your definition of fulfillment? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Am I fully fulfilled if you ever get there? But I think it's this feeling that you have some sort of purpose and you feel like you're working towards a goal. You feel like you're actually making moves and it can feel hard when you feel stuck and you're not sure which career path to go in in your personal life. And I do feel like I'm on this trajectory, which looking back seems so impossible and far away. But now I'm like, okay, I have, I'm on this journey where I have a process and wheels are in motion. And what I do every day excites me. Not every day is a glamorous, great day, but it feels good to be Like I see a vision and a goal and I feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also something to debunk is like that people who see some of your content may think that like you're always having the most perfectly glamorous day. But that's also why like I love what you and Elizabeth have done, that you're also super vulnerable on social media and allow yourself to say like what's actually going on because it's hard with social media. Like everyone looks like their life is just the most magical experience in the world, which a lot of the time is not the case. 
Yeah, it's so true. And I, in real life too, outside of social media, I actually think we'll find more vulnerability in social media. I don't think you'd see someone on the street who would tell you about their relationship and the problems that they have. And I feel like social media is this kind of, uh, you know, we hate to love it, but also it gives us like an insight to people's personal lives where people can express how they feel and what they're going through on social media. I wouldn't see a stranger and be like, hey, you know, I'm having a really tough day. Like, this is what happened to me. Everyone just sees people going about their lives. But on social media, I also feel like as much as it's a highlight reel, people are at this place where they feel more comfortable sharing. And I even hear people who are creators, like I feel more comfortable getting on my platform and sharing stuff about myself than I do with like my friends. And it's just this weird space. And I think it's evolved into that. Didn't always start out that way. But yeah, it's brought us a lot of good and it's brought us a lot of negativity as well. That's an interesting other side of it. Cause I feel like lately I've been on a little bit more of the brigade of like social media is toxic and it's just so easy to see how it affects you negatively. But I feel like maybe I'm following the wrong people because I don't know anyone. Who's <laughs> That's <vulnerable>. true. Because <laughs> you also curate your own experience. That's also mm-hmm. what's crazy is like my social media experience, it probably looks so different than yours. I actually have a burner account, like a fake account that I only follow my like personal development, biohacking, design, like stuff that actually feeds me. And when I go on that account, I'm like, this is the best. And I'm discovering and I'm learning. And then when I go on my normal feed, not always, like I've learned what to stop, you know, like what boundaries to set, but I'm like, I'm just mindlessly watching people do things that are taking me out of the present moment. But I do agree, like it is a vehicle that can be good. We just, it's been a difficult, it's so new. Mm -hmm. You have to be like really intentional. And I feel like you're very intentional when you go on social media, you're posting about whatever you want to post that day. And you're not just like sitting there and like scrolling for days. But if you're not intentional with the goal of like why you're going on and you're just bored and want to be distracted, then you're going to get sucked into that deep, bad. Yeah. I mean, I guess a good question would be, when you okay, I have two big questions. Yes, let me start She's with. She's the one. queen of the double. I questions. love it. Yeah, double. But then it's so. I'm like, I forgot my own questions. So, when Annabelle and I met about this, she told you might maybe, but about how like this podcast came to fruition, we were both kind of in a weird headspace, and we were like, and something we both connected on is like, even though in that moment we both knew we needed something more in our lives to be fulfilled, we were like what has stopped us in the past is being vulnerable and like, what would people think? And like, that's not how we're, we live our lives. Like as human beings, we're actually both pretty confident and like have done a lot of work to get to know ourselves, but it's something we had connected on. It's a very human experience to be like, you know, when people first start to blog or first start to like go in that direction, it's almost cringy. You're like, oh God. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what, it's a little bit of imposter syndrome, a little bit of like, before you get that momentum, it is a little, it's just intimidating to be like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there and try and make a podcast or whatever it is. So in starting out, and you were kind of earlier to the game, how did you overcome that? And was that even something that you thought about? Were you like, did you have imposter syndrome? Like, what was that experience like? Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like it took us about a year. I would say almost about a year from when we decided we were going to do this blog till we actually did it because we were so nervous to just start. And so much of that fear was holding me back just like being judged. Like, what are these people from high school going to think if they see me online? And also like, how am I going to, there was just so many things that we were fearful about. But I think shifting my perspective and seeing so many creators online killing it on social media, we were like, that could also be us. Like, right. And I think the only reason why people don't succeed is because they, they quit. Like if you keep going, you will succeed. Like you will find your path and you will succeed. And we just made a plan to like, we're going to be consistent. We're going to do this from day one, like once we do it. And I was like, I don't know if my mom's going to be the only one following us. Like, but I think also one thing to keep in mind, especially in content creation is now everyone talks about a niche and like what value you're going to offer. And like, that was really important to me. So I think 
it wasn't like I was just showing myself online, like going about my day. I had a purpose to be like, we want to review classes. So I felt like through that, at least we had like a reason for putting stuff online. And then we got more comfortable with sharing. And I know when we first started, stories were not even, there were no such stories. So we were able to kind of hide and disguise ourselves behind, like we would post pictures. We like literally laughed the photos we originally posted of like the bare bones of a studio and like not really share anything about ourselves. But slowly we had to start opening up. And I think that was really hard. We we struggled with the stories and talking and, you know, the judgment. But the more I tried to be like, this is so cringy. Like I got to put on this act, the more cringy it was. The second <laughs> I started just being myself, the less cringy it was. I'm like, people can tell when you're authentic and when totally. you're yeah. just being your true self. And I f- tried so hard with the first two years to like fit into this mold that I thought I should be. And that to me is cringy. Like I like, why did I do that? And now I'm like, you know, so I'll probably look back in five years and think what I'm doing now is cringy, but you know, they but that say, just means you're growing, growing and evolving. I exactly. remember, by the way, like Dale and Elizabeth, their their <laughs> pictures used to be a lot more like polished. So <laughs> I, I remember being like outside Physique 57 and like taking so many pictures of you from like so a certain funny. angle, and they were like yep. posing. Yeah, like this is like very early Dale. Like that's just like it was our very generation. Millennial. Yeah, now it's like the cool thing to do is like a blurry Gen Z <laughs> pic where you can like see half your face and yeah. like. Like it's, it's just so not, like funny now. It's like so great, <laughs> so true, and it's so millennial. Like just to be like, like this is me in a dress at a. It's just a lot, and it. But then ultimately, I'm like, even sometimes at my own page, I'm like, it's not exactly a reflection of me, but I'm not really curating this that much. And I liked my outfit. Like you have to almost have compassion for yourself because you're like a lot of compassion. You're for like yourself. we just like we're handed this thing, and we were this guinea pig generation, and we're like. I guess I can make money off of it. I guess I can explore my passions off of it. Like, it's such a funny, when you think about social media, especially for millennials, it's so interesting. Like the way that our relationship with it has evolved. Like I think about, I'm like, I downloaded Instagram when I was 19. Like, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. Like, who was I at 19? Like, that's so different, you know. And now that's like, kids are five. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, it's so crazy. And it's like, how sad, but um, <laughs> scary. It's also interesting, I think, because in an ideal world, as you said at the beginning, right, social media can be used for self-expression. I think TikTok has definitely invited more of that. You don't need to be one thing to like be approved of in the world. But I think what's happened is somehow like maybe it's just a subconscious thing. It's like when you see something every day, isn't it like you have to see a brand seven or nine times mm-hmm. before purchase? Like when you just see something every day, you start to be influenced by it. Yeah. So it's it's like, think about when people say you're the people you hang out with. Yeah. You become those people. It's the same thing. It's like, if I'm just following certain things, that's eventually going to become a part of my personality. So I think there's also like a which is a, a good question to point at you is like, how did you try and remain true to yourself when it is really easy to be like, well, I, when you're also trying to grow a business, you're like, this is what works or like, or this brand is paying me a lot of money, yeah. but they don't feel authentic. Like how do you just yeah. make sure to stay in your authenticity? Yeah. I think that was definitely like a learning journey. You know, when we first started, we didn't know what to say no to, what to say yes to. And especially when we were engaging with brands and getting into partnerships, if they wanted it one way, we were like, oh, we have to do it that way. So I think it did take a little bit of confidence and learning to understand like, okay, like we have our own voice and our authentic platform. And it also took a while to figure out that voice. I think at the beginning, there was just so much information in the health and wellness space. We were just kind of doing it all. And I was like, what do we, you know, what resonates best with us. And through that, it really helped over time to figure out, okay, this this brand doesn't align with our values or this messaging isn't going to work with our following. Sorry, like we're going to do this in our voice, our way. And we often try to communicate that with brands and we're like, we can do it your way, but just letting you know, it's not going to come across or we'll be like this. I'm sorry, this is just not something that we believe in. But I think over time, like brands have gotten smarter. They're not going to, like, they can tell that we're not CrossFit people. They're not going to try to have a sell pre-workout. Like they, they know that's not our niche. Also, when it comes to cultivating a community, we're really careful what we put out there because everything kind of contributes to your message. And especially in this day and age, when 
It's very easy to be picked apart or canceled in a minute. We have to be careful and we don't want to over curate because we want to be ourselves, but we have to also think, okay, you know, does this align with our our brand values and what we want to put out there? Is this something that we want to share? Is this something we want to engage in? Um, so yeah, it's probably. Yeah. And you've done a really good job at evolving, like both of you, like from the beginning, you were reviewing fitness studios and just going to classes and then, you know, COVID hits. And Mm -hmm. instead of just like sitting there, you're like, okay, great. Everyone needs to work at home. Like how can we help facilitate working out at home for everyone? And you started compiling like the live schedules of like the instructors that were putting lives. And I used to look forward to every Monday where I got (gasps) my sweats in the city, like, you know, curation of who's going live so I can work out. And then you kept evolving. You didn't stop at just that. And you created Oro to like have that platform for everyone to be on. So you went from this like you know, influencer blogger type thing to a tech founder. And like, you've always kept evolving. Do you think like that's evolution and growth has been something core to your DNA since day one? Like, tell me about like high school, Dale. Were you always like that? Well, first of all, I love that you looked at the live schedule. (laughs) And yes, um, in terms of evolving, and I'll definitely get into how it was in high school, evolving, especially in a social media digital age is the most important thing. And I think just finding out what works with your audience and not putting so much pressure on where you started and kind of opening yourself up to possibilities. Like we were so scared when COVID hit, just like everyone else, probably not even half as bad as, you know, most people. Cause we're like, what are we going to do? All the studios shut down. But when we just kind of started responding to the needs of our audience, like, okay, everyone's at home. Let's just do what they, something that they need. And it kind of really happened naturally. And I feel like in high school, for example, or I remember I was about to graduate college and my parents asked me, they're like, my my dad sat me down down and he was like, so what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I just like bawled my eyes out and I went into the bathroom and I just like composed myself. And I was like, I don't know, like, I'm going to just go into fashion. I'm going to start off, but like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think there's this like pressure. And even in high school, like, what are you going to major in? Because when you decide what you're going to major in, that's going to determine your career. It's like, if anyone told me high school, me that I would be here in LA, like influencing, it didn't even exist then. So it was just so funny how much pressure, like, of course, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go through the steps of going to medical school. But for a lot of people, and like, even then you could change your trajectory. So I was very set on making sure that I had my boxes ticked off. And like, if I didn't get this, I would fall behind. Instead of leaning into like my strengths, I just thought, okay, I have to kind of do what everyone else does in order to have that life I want. And I honestly remember when I first started in fashion, I thought, you know, maybe like working, like it's just never going to be for me. I'm just going to do it. But like, I'm never going to find joy in it. I'm just like never going to be happy at a job. Like that was what I thought. And I remember sitting at the desk just being like, this is just going to be a thing where Monday through Friday, it's going to suck. And then I'll live for the weekends. And that was the pressure I put on myself because I didn't know the possibilities and and where I could end up if I just followed what I and explored what I wanted to do. So it took some figuring out and I'm lucky that it got here, but it's always like, okay, well, what's next? I don't even know what's next. So it's, that was really beautiful how you put it. Thank you. It's, it's so true. Like we, Jasmine and I always talk about this. It's like, you, we think we have to follow all the rules and do the job and you have to work nine to five because that's what everyone's doing and blah, blah, blah. But like, we're not fulfilled in that. So you actually realized that very early on and you were like, no, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to do something that feels right. And you created fulfillment in your life. But a lot of people, they kind of get stuck, get in, stuck in society's well, version. Well, it's hard because- I think it's like the same thing with social media, right? It's like we're living in a world of almost like because we're blessed and we live in the States and obviously I know that that's not true for everyone everywhere. So I know, you know, we're in a privileged situation, but we really do have opportunities, right? So we have like, we're living in a world where we're watching people make a career out of like reviewing their favorite places in New York, which is so cool when you think about it, right? Like it's exactly what you said at the beginning. You were looking at other influencers being like, well, that could be us or like mm-hmm. other people following their passion and being like, that could be us. And that is the world we're living in. But that also is definitely paradox of choice where you're sort of overwhelmed. Like, what do I do with what I have? How do I 
drown out the noise and come back to me and figure out what's right for me. And I think what I've learned is we can't be afraid of trial and error. Like even Annabelle and I had said, we're like, we don't need this to be the biggest podcast in the world. We don't need, that would be great. Like, but we, you know, we're not like, that's not our goal. Like our goal is like, we're trying to learn something. We feel like we have these really amazing conversations. We have really amazing network and amazing friends that we want to be able to like amplify their voices. And it's okay if it's literally just three of us listening to this that's okay. You know, yeah, it's like when you day. said like your mom, it could be your only follower. Like yeah. who cares? Like selfishly, this is fulfilling for yeah, us. Yeah. These are the conversations you want to be having. And it's just funny talking about the nine to five thing. And like that moment when you're really, when you're young and you're like, I'm miserable nine to five. And I remember like, I was on Adderall, like, <laughs> like in, <laughs> working at Vice in New York and just being like, this is like the bane of my existence. And like, I'm going to take Adderall because at least like I'll get stuff done and like I'll get through this workload. And like, I was so anxious and so miserable. And I think about that. And you also don't think it's going to end. Like you don't see an end in sight. And I remember at that point being like, do I just hop to another big brand? Like, what do I do? Because it it is funny how they make you choose your life path at 18. Like, that's crazy. That's so... I think we need to normalize career changes and like interest changes. Like it's okay. And like fulfillment changing, right? So like, to the point of evolution, it's okay if like what used to, you know, get you going, that doesn't happen anymore. Like that doesn't do it for you anymore. That's okay. Same thing with relationships. That's why people stay in relationships that are toxic for too long. I certainly have. But it's not just relationships. Dale and I talk about this a lot too. It's friendships. Friendships, like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's very like, hard to get out of We have such a hard time with boundaries. Like, yes. I think with being like, it's okay that this is, because we're so concerned about, and I think it's, it's especially a woman thing. Like, we're thinking very hard about things and very thoughtfully. It's a part of our gift. But I also think it's what can handicap us. But I do remember actually when COVID hit, I was already looking for new jobs. I loved who I worked with and that's how I know Annabelle. So everything happens for a reason. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) But I remember being like, oh, like, where am I going? Like, where is this taking me? Is this really going to be? And this was recent, you know, I mean, ish, like the last few years. And I remember crying during COVID. It was like, peak quarantine. I was sitting with my friend, Alessandra, and she was like, she's a model. So she's a whole different, you know, she's a curve model. She has a whole different purpose and intention. And I remember just looking at her and she's like, well, what do you imagine for yourself? And to the point of nine to five, I was like, I just don't see myself sitting at a desk from nine to five. And like that can come off like you're not a hustler or you're not willing to put in hours. And I'm like, it's not about that. I'm willing to work weekends if I'm doing what I love to be doing. And I think that's also the fallacy of like, you need to be like putting in your time. And like, we have such a traditional view of what success means and like what amount of hours you have to put in to make a certain amount of money. But the truth is, it's like, you're more likely to be successful in the things that actually drive you from your heart. Like when you're driven from your gut and your heart, right? Yeah. And and different people realize that at different ages. Like I think, Dale, for you, you were lucky enough to realize that at what, like 25 when yeah, you started? Yeah, 25. And for sure. I remember I was dating someone before before I was met my husband. And there was a part of me that like really wanted to, well, Elizabeth and I had already been talking about potentially starting this blog. And he would just tear it down. Oh my like gosh. he was just like, I'm not taking a picture for you. Like this Ugh. is so annoying. Like, We've all had that person. In and life. I was just like the second we broke up, it was like this light bulb that was like, it's my time. I'm going to go and do this. And it was one of those things that like, I don't know, like everything does happen. Like it it happened perfectly, but I'm like, maybe that was the momentum I needed. Yeah. Haters are motivators. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just funny how, you know, you're, yeah, you're looking back and you're like, that could have been what really like propelled me forward to be like, okay, this is a sign. Like now we're going to start it. Like yeah, now, now we're going to go. Free. That we need to go back to that because this I is have so a whole, important. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could have easily been like, you know what? He'll take care of me. It's fine. I don't need to work. Like, right. you know, he was very much like that. He wanted to just like, you yeah. know. But also like, yeah, you. why tear someone's dreams down? I mean, listen. Because like, it's insecurities on themselves, but it's the course, same thing with friendships, right? It's the same thing with friendships. Right. We had we had friends that would say things. To, I mean, I would say like 99% of my friends were supportive, but just some like comments and 
yeah, it's just so interesting how you can, that's why you really can't always listen to people and you don't know where people's intentions lie sometimes. So Right, they get clouded by their own insecurities. Exactly, and their own projections. projections. And Humans are so complex. Yeah, and that's why like a lot of people I find they're so scared of putting themselves out there and doing what they is true to themselves because of the judgment and of the fear of like, what's this person going to think? What's my sister going to think? What's my, what are my parents going to think? And like, I remember my sister, she was starting a, a business and she, she thought maybe the idea was a little silly. And she told me, and I was like, don't tell anyone else. I was like, just do it. And she, I was like, do not tell dad, do not just go for it. And my dad actually asked her, what's the business? And she's like, I'm not telling you. And she was worried. She was gonna get so much criticism from it. I'm like, just start it and go for it. And now she has this like amazing candy business and like, she's killing it. So just like, it's called sucker baby. She gets like, that resonates with me so much because someone actually told me that too. When I started Breeze, they were like, don't tell anyone Mm -hmm. because when you're not confident about your idea yet, the initial hate will push you the other direction. Mm -hmm. So if someone says your idea is so bad, like, why would you ever do that? You'll be like, oh, I guess I shouldn't do it. But once you start being confident in your idea and once you create the deck, and the pitch and the right. business model and when you start rehearsing it and then you can start sharing and then you can take people's, you know, sometimes negativity as feedback and it's their opinion that doesn't affect like my stuff and I'm totally. still going to be doing what I'm doing. But it's something that's very important and I'm glad you touched on that because a lot of people out there have ideas and the only thing that separates someone from actually you know, getting there is execution. If you don't execute, then as you said, you just have to start. But a lot of people don't start because of the criticism and self-doubt and the people that they are surrounding themselves with. Dale and I were also just talking about this, like a lot of your success is determined by the type of environment that you put yourself in, right? Like if I'm around friends that are just like, status quo all the time, not expansive and all that, then I'm probably gonna be much more, comfortable and status quo and not going to expand. But I'm very privileged to have close friends like both of you who are very expansive and inspiring and help me see different perspectives. So it also allows me to grow. But again, that's an environment that we've purposely put ourselves in. Yeah, of course. And I think, but to your point, it's so, I think what's difficult and like what's important to talk about is like everyone experiences it. Like everyone has, I think, Everyone, even like that ex-boyfriend of yours, like is ultimately probably just trying to find his jive. And like it still is. It still is. (laughs) And like that's so, it's so interesting because we just end up getting in our own way and really resonates with me because I had an ex-boyfriend who similarly, and it wasn't because he didn't support me so wholeheartedly. Like he adored me and he supported me. But the way that he framed the world was like, you can't do like just so traditional. Right. It was like, you need to do X in order to do. It. And I'm like, sometimes you don't like you so like plenty of people like drop out of college and start a company like you don't need to like follow this path. And obviously there are reasons and structures are in place. And I I value those things. But I it's so like funny because like that's just so true is like that energy of like, I it's exactly what you fear even like posting yourself even without exactly. a boyfriend doing that, right? Being like, what are people going to think of me? But it's like, let alone your own boyfriend won't take a picture of you mm-hmm. to like support your dreams. And it's interesting because when you do step into this scary space of like taking a risk, you will notice that a lot of people and things shift and change and people fall off. And it's actually, it's scary. It's like, am I doing the right thing? Like people are not into this or people are not. And that's like the first thing that you know that you are literally cleansing out what no longer serves you. And eventually you will find like, for example, on my third date with my now husband, like second date, we went, this is like so long ago. We went to the museum of ice cream, went to dinner and I get there and he was like, do you want a picture? And I was like, okay. And he was like staging it for me. And I was like, okay, this is like the energy. Like this is the kind of person that is going to like, you need someone who's going to be in your corner. Yeah. And it was just so clear. Like I got rid of like someone who was like putting it down and being like, this is so silly. You are so obnoxious. I'm not taking a picture of you to like, so someone mean. who was like, so it just goes to show like whatever you're stepping into, there are people that are going to naturally fall off and clear the path for those who are now going to enter your life 
to make that happen and elevate you. And then you will elevate them in other ways. So um, it's just really interesting, like when you kind of find what works and we've gone through even in our blog, like ups and downs of like new, like I was scared moving to LA. I was scared moving to announcing my pregnancy. Like a lot of people, like people fell off, but then eventually like other people who are right for you will find you. And like there are people that support you and there's people that support you all along. So it's just very interesting. You see this rebirth and people get really scared, but it's usually the first sign that you're stepping into like something exciting and something yeah, new. That's yeah, that's what they always say. Like when you're manifesting, it's almost like the universe tests you, like shit yeah, goes wrong. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like the magic dark, yeah. they call it. Like Is that the, what it's yeah, called? Yeah, it's called the magic dark before like the good stuff happens. It's like this like shitty, like low yeah. feeling. But again, that's all like evolution. That's like, that's the beauty of like constantly evolving. And that's why people have, people have a really hard time in general, like letting go of things, whether it's friendships, relationships, identities with work, like so many things. Like even for me, like, you know, I'm kind of, you know, moving a little more away from Breeze right now. You know, I, I changed also when I got my coaching license, I started to become a coach and all of those things were like, it's very hard to take one identity and shift into a new identity, but we're all able to like rebirth, right? And create our own new thing. We don't have to be part of the same. Well, we also have to not be afraid of that. I yes. think that's what's so scary. Cause like, I noticed something that I do is like, I'm like, okay, I'm 31 and I still haven't, which this is like such toxic thinking, but I'm like, I still haven't found my thing. And it's like, actually you found your thing for what worked for you at 24 and yes. 25 mm-hmm. and 26, 27. And it's okay if Preach. those things didn't stick. Yes. Like, that's okay. But we are so hard on ourselves and we're like, I didn't find my like thing or like the thing that's going to stick forever right. or make me a lot of money or whatever it is. And the truth is it's like, that's just not how life works. Wait, can I say something on that though? Because I swear some people have a thing. Like my husband yes. has known his thing since he was 19 years <laughs> yes. old. Like, okay, I know. My personality and my therapist validates this for me, but I have an explorer personality, okay? Yes. So yes. something fulfills me this year and next year it's something else. And I like to dabble in new things. I like to try new things. I like to wear different hats. I like to work with that. different people. Yes, and once I finally understood that this is my personality and that's Aaron, my husband's personality. I was finally able to let go and stop comparing well, and being like, that. I need to find my thing. You can accept yourself. I think I that's actually- That's something society makes I you love 100%. So my friend Casey and I talk about this all the time. These are like kind of two separate but parallel things. Like I have a few friends who we always joke because they're the most hardworking friends I have, but we always joke. My friend Nina and my friend Sarah were like, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The world rewards morning larks, but some people work better at night. But like our society is like, if you don't wake up at the crack of dawn, you're not working hard enough. Like you're not doing this, right? Yeah. And it's so funny because we're like all, we love sleep. So we're like all, I still wake up early because I have to, but it's so funny because it's like, it goes back to that same thing where it's like, you just have to accept like who you are, how your body is, how you operate best. And on the other side, Casey and I forever, who you've met in New York, she was kind of like my spiritual running buddy in New York, still is from afar, but we would always be like, the reason we are not meant to just sit at this desk from nine to five is because we're multi-hyphenates. Like we have a lot of interests. We're dynamic, like, and that's okay. But the world, again, like corporate America rewards specialists. Like this is my thing and this is what I'm good at and I have to go for this. So when you don't feel like you have that, you start to wonder like, what's wrong with you? Or will I succeed? Will I, you know, live my dream life? 
And I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, it's also like questioning, like, what am I even good at? Like now I'm consulting for brands. And before I used to be like, but what is my niche? Like, is it growth marketing? Is it partnerships? And what? It's like, it doesn't have to be like one tiny skill yeah, like set. You Don't can put have me in a niche. That's not definable. Value. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's like, you have to become like very in tune with yourself and self-aware in yourself to understand who you are. Because if not, you're just going to go into what society's definition of all these things are. Everything happens in due time, but there is a part of me that's like, God, I wish I knew that when I was 23. Yeah. But it's okay. Like, we'll we'll teach our kids that. So Dale, when was a time in your career do you think that you were the most fulfilled? Like what part of the career journey? I mean, I feel like it's constantly evolving where the point of the fact like now is probably the most fulfilling time. I feel like I don't, you know, it's kind of like ignorance is bliss because you're kind of going through it. And now, you know, you're ma- you're making changes. It's like you were saying, you learn a lot of things that you didn't know a couple of, like I learned so much now versus a couple of years ago even. And it's like now with this new knowledge, I can adjust accordingly. And I would say, you know, I was very scared and worried for so many years. And now I'm finally at this place where I'm like, okay, like, I feel good about it. And I'm like, I don't know what's to come, but I feel really like there was a time when, I mean, you can relate. I was going through my visa issues and I was, cause I'm Canadian (laughs) and I, it was just this dark hole of a time when I was like, quit my job, went sweats full time, but couldn't get paid because I'm going through my visa issues. So I had to clear that first and just like long distance with my husband. And then I was trying to sign a lease and I was just so freaking terrified. And I was like, I'm like, it's over for me. Like, this is not going to, and then you somehow make it through. And then you've learned that you, you, you gain strength and knowledge through that. So I would say like, hopefully in, in a couple of years from now, I'll look back at this point and be like, wow, I'm so much more fulfilled in the present moment than I was. Right. Like you don't know like at that time, you're like, this is, you're like peaking. This but is then, peak, right. And right, then, but that's the goal in life, right? To grow. That, yeah. Yes. You're constantly like, oh, I've hit this next mark, but you don't even know how much better it could be. Right. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, on the topic of happiness and fulfillment and having all these things, it's like, I don't think that being happy and feeling fulfilled is like this, okay, I'm happy now. So everything in my life is happy. I'm fulfilled. Everything in my life is fulfilling. Like, there's no constant state of happiness. We're human. Like mm-hmm. we have, we're constantly, it's it's going up and down, up and down. And like, you could definitely be happier, but life throws curveballs at you and you don't know what's going to happen next. So there's never going to be a point where you reach and like, this is it. I am happy. I am fulfilled. Like my life is set. Like there, it's life and it's just going to keep going up and up and you just hope that you can grow from those experiences. So I know it's so true. And that's, I'm so happy you said that because that's so something that I feel like I need to remind, my, remind myself, whoever's listening to this needs to remind themselves. Like I, my Reiki healer in New York was like, I told Dale before, I'm like, Jasmine has all the healers. I love so it. I love I all love the healing. <laughs> but I have this amazing Reiki healer in New York and she during the time that Annabelle and I met and I was like, I'm so unfulfilled and I just like feel so, because then you feel bad. You're like, I feel ungrateful because I have a lot, whatever. And she was like, okay, what is this dangerous fallacy you have that everyone everywhere wakes up every day feeling really great and like really fulfilled? I think that is such a, as she put it, dangerous fallacy. Like that is so, that is what's toxic. I think that's like the dark side of social media is like just seeing someone and being like, they must have it all. Right. And this idea of like, it must be so easy for them. And I'm sure plenty of people look at our lives and feel exactly the same, you know, and like, it's just so easy to do that. It's so easy to make assumptions. It's easy to make assumptions that don't necessarily serve you. And I think being realistic and being like, yes, I'm, you know, in your case, in a healthy relationship, I love what I do. Things are getting better, but like, it's not a destination being like, I'm exactly. happy today. Now I'm it. like, this is yeah, it. This is I've it. made it. I've made it. Right. And that creates that loop of like, I'll be happy when, which is mm-hmm. something we've keep coming back to, which is just, yeah, which is not a thing. And I think Dale's case is quite unique because 
you need to be very secure in yourself in order to put yourself out there and not get swayed by the haters or the comments and the likes and all that. And like, you know, you could easily like go on social media all the time. Each time you need a quick dopamine hit and post a picture and get all the likes and the comments and whatever, but your fulfillment and your joy and all that comes from within. So you've clearly done like a lot of work on yourself to get to a point where you're not reliant on social media for your happiness. Exactly. And that's something that Again, at the beginning of this journey, it wasn't the case. And my total, everything that I was kind of working towards and how I felt about myself was so reliant on what other people thought. So that's when I was like really experiencing the imposter syndrome, really trying to be someone I wasn't. And it took a lot of work and a lot of self-reflection and also surrounding myself with the right people and, you know, really feeling comfortable being, I guess, myself it took a while. And now I'm kind of at this space with social media where it's like, you know, I have my boundaries up. I'll share what I'm comfortable sharing. But also I come home and it's like, the world doesn't see what my life is like all the time. And I feel like I'm very fortunate that I have this separation and also just like have a normal life outside of that Mm -hmm. world. And I also feel like the whole influencing world in general has changed so much that before it was like, okay, you're an influencer. Everyone now, especially with TikTok, can be an influencer. So we're all kind of just living life. It's not like this category that it was before. So I really just do feel like, you know, it's not to say that when I get a mean comment on social media, I'm like loving it and it doesn't affect me. Sometimes it does, but I've really learned to kind of drown that out and just stick to what I know works and what what I'm happy putting out there and not letting that dictate, you know, how I feel about myself. So I think that's important. I wanted to come back to something really quickly. How did you meet your husband? We met in the Hamptons. Okay. <laughs> the classic love story. The classic love story. story. Was Gurney's I there? On July 4th. Or was I, you weren't there. I was there after. You were there the year after. Oh, we the were year in after. a relationship. I was at their one year yeah. mark. Yeah. Yeah. That was so fun. I met him randomly on How Edgar's. old were you? I was 25, about to turn 26. Oh, wow. So you guys have been together a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have very similar timelines. Yeah. Timelines. So did you feel, because I think something that we mm-hmm. spoke about when we had Brian Toll on was like a theme that we noticed is he always had someone in his corner to support him. And you had just Mm -hmm. mentioned that because your ex was not like that. Right. And it's like, how do you think that affected your confidence and your ability to like, because I do believe in that. I think your partner really should be your biggest cheerleader and your Mm -hmm. best friend. And I want to know like, A, I want to hear a little bit about how you met and like how you could distinguish that support from... Like, was it immediate? Was it like this person just sees me and supports me in a different way? And how much do you think that's affected your success? I think the people, yeah, that we choose to date and be around are a reflection of how we feel about ourselves in that yes, moment. So true. So yeah. how I was with when I was with him at when I was 22 to 25, I wasn't feeling that confident about myself. I wasn't the self-love and all that wasn't there. So that's probably what attracted me to someone like that. And attracted me to certain friends and jobs that made me feel terrible about myself. Mm-hmm. That's all my that's all my doing. So it wasn't someone else putting that on me. I wouldn't have seek that out if that's not how I felt about myself. So I think like the alignment of like, okay, break up with this guy, like start this blog, like, you know, having like that hot girl summer like mentality, like I'm gonna start fresh. I attracted someone who was completely different from that. And it took a lot of work. And even then, like my husband and I talk about how different of a person we both were, but how much growth since we started dating. And like, I think at the end of the day, like, yes, you're supposed to grow with the person you're with. If, you know, some people say, well, they're so different than me or we're, we're like, you should be growing together. And that's, Mm -hmm. that goes without saying, but I think there's also core values in someone that you can't change. So if you're attracted or if you're, you know, in a toxic relationship or being treated poorly, that's unfortunately like what you could believe about yourself. Or if you're staying at a job that doesn't respect you or they're not promoting you after the hard work you've put in, sometimes people believe like, oh, maybe I can't get any better than this. Yeah, maybe it's a I, reflection, of, it's a reflection of your belief system. So that's why yeah. it's so important to really work on yourself. And people are like, well, like I don't need therapy or, 
you know, I just, if, if I find that person, I'll feel better about myself, but you're not going to find that person unless you <laughs> start right. off with knowing who you are and what you deserve and saying no to things that don't serve you or that you don't deserve. Yeah. Do all that. the powers from within you. Cause yeah. what you feel about yourself is what you attract. Mm-hmm. Do you ever, this is, I guess, for both of you. Do you ever feel sometimes though, maybe it's just being a woman. Like, I don't know if I feel this way because I'm a woman, but sometimes I'm like, so worried about demanding more because I'm like, do I come off entitled? Am I coming off like, am I asking for too much? Because that's also the flip side of it, right? Mm -hmm. Is like feeling like entitled to something or some, you know, I don't know. I think that like that's something I've definitely thought a lot about. We've talked about this before is like as a woman, when you're like strong and bold, like everyone, you're like, you're you're too much, you're too much. Like you're intense. Go back down, go calmer, you know? Yeah, you're like, but like if you're a man and you're very like direct and strong, you're like, wow, like what a catch. (laughs) What a bachelor. We're, as women, we're taught to be like- like, You're eligible. Yeah, (laughs) I want to be with you. It's just so, it's true. It's like- I guess to answer my own question, but I don't want to cut you off. I, no. guess, I guess when I think about it, I, I guess the only thing I can say, but it's so hard for me to do this. So I'm, I am asking for advice <laughs> is being like, what's, you know, you can't trick the universe, right? Like you can't, like your intentions are everything. So it's like, I think when it's coming from a true authentic place, like not ego, you're like, I'm demanding this because I know this is what's true for me. Mm-hmm. That definitely comes off different than something that just feels like I deserve this and I'm entitled to it. But again, that being said, sometimes I don't even know how to differentiate the two. Yeah. I mean, we're, I feel like as women, like so many of us were born people pleasers. We, I know I was, and I learned that sometimes it's just such a disservice to you and those around you Mm -hmm. and your relationships when you are that way, because putting yourself in a position where you're like, okay, I'm going to treat people with respect. That doesn't change, but also look out for my needs makes me show up better. It makes me show up better. My job, my relationships and so many different areas. And then you're just kind of, if you're, you know, if you're people pleasing all the time and you're not getting what you want, your attitude, your energy, everything is different. And that's also something that took a while to learn. And I feel like I'm still learning that. And I'm just recently always learning how to put up new boundaries and, I was just telling Annabelle, like I would go in the past, I'd go to New York, you know, for a few days and it's, it's hard fitting it all in, especially when you've lived there. Like I'm working, I'm trying to see everyone. And like, I post my life on social media. So everyone knows I'm in town and I get messages from people that come out of the woodwork. Oh, we should hang out. We should get, get, go get coffee. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I haven't spoken to you since the last time I came here. Like, we don't keep in touch. I don't have time. And I used to give everyone a slice of my time. Right. Because I felt bad. Oh, like, what are they going to think? That I'm like, don't like them. That I didn't make time for them. But I'm like, this is, I'm sorry. I can't see you right now. Not my priority. Or like, maybe there was someone that would be my priority, but I didn't have enough time. And I just would feel so guilty for that. And now I really, this trip, I was like, I did try to fit it all in, but it was just a good way of seeing it. Like, no, I actually need to do what's right for me to have, you know, get the most out of my trip and not feel overwhelmed. And especially now that I'm pregnant, I can't fit in every single thing like I used to. I'm not going out partying. Like, so it just is really, yeah, I think learning how to set your boundaries, that that's hard. Yeah. Learning how to set your boundaries, because you need to understand that like by infiltrating in your boundaries, you're doing yourself a disservice. So you're satisfying someone else at your own expense. If you think about that, like you are disappointing yourself so that you're not disappointing someone else. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And like, why do we do that? I I think we're just trained to do that. Like, and I actually don't think men necessarily are better at it it by any means either. I think they're- They have a different way. They have a different way. And I don't think they're thinking as much about it, but I think it's hard for them too. Like it is a really- because that is what all of this comes down to, right? Even fulfillment. It's like trying to listen to yourself over what other people need because that's always going to guide you probably toward what's meant for you. And even the same thing with like being cleansed of things that don't serve you and then attracting the right things. All of that comes from like a deep, your wise mind needs to be louder than your ego. And, but it's so interesting, even in like having conversations with the guy I'm dating, we we talk about certain things and I'm just trained to constantly be like, why did I act that way? Because of how it affected this person. And like for the first time ever, I think in my history of dating, I was able in the last two days to be like, 
actually, I'm going to tend to myself and be like, what was going on for you that you were acting this way? What boundaries did you not put up that like you, this part of your pain came, you know, like, I think it was such a different approach. Proud of you, by the way. Thank yeah. You. Big, wow. big milestone That's, for yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Huge milestone. And really calmed my nervous system because I went from being like, oh my God, I did this thing to being like, well, it's like almost like it's your kid, right? Mm-hmm. It's your inner child. It's your inner child. Like, what would you say to your child? I think like, hopefully, it's hard to remember this, but hopefully you're not shaming your child. Like, I can't believe you acted out, but being like, what's going on with you? Like, there was a reason you got to that point and like, you should honor that. And like, there's a reason why you feel guilty and why you're like, oh my God, I'm spread so thin. And it's like, you need to honor your needs in that gentle way. But like it's why it's just like but well, it's so yeah. like we have to learn it now. A lot of the time when we start to feel like that, like when we lash out at others, right? Yeah. But it's our inner child that's like not yeah. okay because of something that happened to us in childhood and whatever subconscious yeah, that we don't remember. Yourself. Yes. It always comes down to like, can I trust myself to like to use my time wisely to like prioritize the right people? I think like that's which I do think it's a huge part of fulfillment too, is like, can I trust myself that like this is right? And that like, I can't quit my job to make this priority. But you need to not judge yourself and not be so worried about what other people think to do that. Like it's clear from your experience. Since all of us are, you know, have lived in New York and then moved here, I wonder what you guys think. But for me, it was much easier for me to do a lot of these practices and to get in tune with myself and to put myself first and stop being people pleaser in LA in this environment versus like the go, go, go craziness of New York. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are about that. Definitely. I feel like in New York, I mean, you're always in it. You don't spend much time in your apartment. You're always out with people. You're always doing, you see everyone doing the most. And here I have this separation where if like, I want to go out, if I want to be, you know, in a crowd and with people I can, but like, I can also kind of hibernate and I'm not, I can stick to my own for, for as long as I want. And I totally feel the same way is that in New York, yeah, you just feel like you have no choice, which is great for growth and which is great to kind of get you because you're constantly looking at other people and they're go-getters and here it just, you can have it's more time to yourself. And it was great for our 20s, I feel it was like. was great to for really us. I wouldn't trade it. I do think though that there is a little bit of scarcity energy there. I don't know why. I think a part of it's how expensive it is. Yeah, it's and but then, LA is expensive too. I know. It's nothing like it's New like, York. It's not like New York. And I, well, so my theory on New York is what makes it expensive is that it's such a fun, spontaneous city. So like you go out to work out and then by the end of the day, I'm like, then I went shopping. I ran into someone. I got a drink. I had dinner. I did this. And I'm like, I just spent like 10X what I would spend mm-hmm. in LA because LA is much more intentional. You got to get in your and car, you, go home, you plan, yeah. et cetera. And so I think that's what makes it exciting, but also can make it really expensive But I do think, I mean, I'm sure you both feel this way too. Like there's something really special about that energy as well. For sure. But then there's also something really toxic because you're like, it's hard to hear, like going back to the last episode we recorded, we were talking a lot about space and how you kind of need quiet to get to come home to yourself. Mm -hmm. And you don't get that in New York. No. There's really no quiet time. Typically, it's just go. It's just go. You're go, also go. not like comfortable in your home because it's so small. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah, shoebox like, and you so use exciting. it as a closet. Everyone's always doing something, so you're like, I gotta get out there, you know. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's hard to like come home to yourself and have a moment of For like sure. stillness. Yeah, stillness is so important. And LA, you can have a lot more stillness. I know. And I wish time you could with yourself. Breed both cities. I guess that's why people yeah, are like coastal because you. Yeah, because like. Sometimes I'm like, God, I like want to be out in the world and like the bustle. And then sometimes I'm like, absolutely. I think especially in your 30s, you're like, no. I need to relax. Yes. <laughs> I completely agree. I need to be able to opt out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's it's, why it's so beautiful that like things are temporary and you don't have to like hold on to something. You can just say like, I had an amazing time in New York. I learned so much. Like for me, like I was this like timid little like people pleasing Canadian, you know, like probably similar to Dale, like when we moved to New York and New York like gave me this backbone to like stand mm-hmm. up for myself. And I met inspiring and amazing people. And I would have never started a company if it wasn't for New York. And I needed that 
energy then. Now I need a very different type of energy. I need this like calming, soothing force of where people take care of themselves, where wellness is at the forefront, where I'm not like go, go, go all the time, Mm -hmm. where I'm sleeping earlier, waking up earlier. Like that's what I need right now. And I think if we just are clear and listen to our own needs and, you know, different environments might be best for different times of our lives. Yeah, it's true. And again, comes back to like honoring that. It also also seems to all come back to boundaries in a way. Because it's like, it's okay to be like, that's what I need right now. But we're also, I mean, I feel like it's, I'm definitely sometimes afraid to say that. I've gotten better at it, but I'm like, because I also think you want to be everywhere at once and you want to sometimes be the person you once were. Like I used to be such like, I'm Persian. So I always say like partying is in my blood. And I still love to go out and I'm super social, but it looks so different. Like, I'm like, I can only do that once a week. Yeah. It's also more I like I have to be home at a certain time. Like, yeah, it's just like, it's, more it's like so dinner different. parties versus 100%. Like, yeah. It's so funny. Okay. I need to go back to your husband again. Yes. Because <laughs> it's so, I and like in dating, yeah. I'm always yes. so curious yeah. about this. And I think most people who are dating right now would probably want to know this. So when you guys met, did you just identify a different type of support between you two and like camaraderie? Like what was sort of that? Like, did you feel something different? And that's why you were like, oh, this, because, and also where was he living? He was living in New York. Oh, but, but then so, he went away to school. Business at school. Then, then at UCLA. At UCLA. And then he moved back to New York because I was there. And then we moved back to Got it. Because So you guys did run into these like, you know, dealing with long distance. Exactly. But you knew through that you were like, this is my person. Right. I think. It's just, you know, do I believe in love at first sight, knowing the one right away? No, I I didn't. I was like, we were just two people who had met. And then it we I when he told me he's moving back to LA, I was like, okay, great. Like I'll never see this guy again, but it's fun. Like we're gonna have fun. And yeah, I was like, I'm never like he's moving to LA. I'm never moving to LA. It just was Why never something I had that? thought about. And it was one of the situations where I just kind of let like well, we still want to keep seeing each other. Like what are it was this situation where we're like, why put an end to something or why decide what it's going to be if we're just happy date, like happy in this moment, I guess, not really thinking too much, too deeply about it. And then I would come visit LA and then he'd come visit New York. But yeah, I think right away, something felt very different for sure. I think I came from a relationship where I was like number 50 on a priority list. Like everything was out of me. And right away, he was very like, so what are we doing this weekend? Like very, and I remember we were talking about going to Coachella's and um, he was like thinking about it, but he, because of work, he didn't know if he could take it off. And so I still planned a trip and he was like, oh, like, I just thought we were going to go like together. And I was just like, not used to that kind of person. Yeah, like that almost ha- like better behavior. Having a person that would just be like, we're going to go through life together. And obviously we have our own friends and our own interests. I go to Pilates. I don't watch football with him on the weekends. Like we have very, we've got our friends, but it was just this feeling of, okay, this person wants to be with me and chooses me first Mm -hmm. and also supporting what I do. And it's not like a real struggle. He just kind of gets it. And I think, I I think Annabelle can speak to this too. Like just finding someone that you just kind of get each other and you, sometimes it's, he supports me when I'm going through and then I'll be more supportive to him because he needs it. And I think that's also a fallacy. Like there's everyone's like balance. Like you're always supporting each other all the time. Like, no, like sometimes I need Aaron like 80% and he needs me 20%. Yeah. And sometimes it's the opposite, right? And it's all about supporting each other in life's yeah, in ups and downs. Times. But it's not like a complete balance all the time. Like you did something for me, so I have oh, to do no, something for you. Yeah. It's like, it's just like- It's flow. A flow and a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think something that like fulfillment in relationships is a really big real thing. And it can, they say that who you decide to marry is like the most important, most important. decision you can make it's because true. it does affect everything, everything, your well-being, 100%. how I think it affects how successful you can be. Like, so it goes by, it's just, it really is like, that is something that's so crucial. Because and it's I also think, their belief systems that inherently shift onto yours. So if their belief systems aren't aligned with yours or are like, you can't do something, a lot of fear or what, all that, then you're going to probably end up being like that. Totally. And that's why I say like a lot of women who are like, if a certain guy doesn't live the lifestyle, like it's superficial, like say a woman is like killing it at her 
you know, career and as a lawyer and she meets this guy who's like not ambitious and people are like, oh, you're superficial. Like, no, you've created a life for yourself. And totally. why should you have to downgrade your life to accommodate someone else? It's like, you can also have a standard that you feel like this is what I want out of life. And I need someone who also wants the same things right. or more out of life that you guys can do it together versus I'm going to tone it down because after all this hard work I put in, it's, you know, Right, got to match someone back up. to this idea and right. what you think about what you deserve, and it's not to say like yeah, and the boundary like of like compare I have salaries, but yeah, it's it's more just like who the per- the person is and their level of ambition and what they want out of life, and that's so important when you're looking for someone. I find is like what are their values? You know, what's their ambition like, and is it does it align with your lifestyle? Because you're marrying that, or you're gonna maybe not marry that, be whatever, and it's important to be aligned and decide if that's for you. Did you feel like when you met your husband, it was sort of like the dessert? Like, cause you were already doing sweats in the city. You were starting that, right? So were you like, this amplified me or were you like, wow, this was just like the nice cherry on top? Oh no. When I had met him, like I had launched that week. We had like 500 followers. Like it wasn't like, and I was still at this other job. Like I had no idea where it was going to take me. And then he was working corporate job in finance. So it was, it was not like, this. And I remember he was at a point and he almost just was like, I don't know if I should move to LA and go to business school. Cause like we were dating and my mom said to me, I was like, like, I don't want to do long distance. My mom was like, thinking five years from now, don't you want what's best for him? Like if you guys end up together, like, don't you want to know that like you did what's best for him? And And like, there's no resentment. And I was like, there's no, and I was like, yeah. And then, you know, we made it work, but it's just interesting looking back and you're like, okay, you really want to make sure the person you're with, like you both want what's best for the other person and to better them. And hopefully you better yourself too from yeah. being and with that person. as an outsider seeing that, like I actually think Dale was really good for you that he left because it allowed you to find your like voice and allowed you mm-hmm. to like get secure in yourself versus like relying on someone else. I could not agree more because that was the most difficult year. Like as I was saying, like I was going through so much. I was social media kind of, it was negatively affecting me, my mental health. I just spiraled. And although he was like my support, he was across the country. I really, that was like this moment of like rock bottom that I got so much growth from over time. That took a couple of years. Like it wasn't like, okay, like the next day it was all good, but it took a really big growth journey that changed my life completely. So I think, yeah, like living on my own for the first time and doing all that and yeah. Yeah. And you like sought out the right people to help you, like the therapists and the mm-hmm. whatever you needed, like, and you, you really got to know yourself. And I think sometimes it's very hard when you're constantly living with someone or always around someone to really focus on your own journey. And I think the way you are now and how strong you are in yourself now and how strong you are in your relationship with Nick is a lot because you did that work on yourself. Exactly. And it all goes back to like the self and, you know, what you deserve and working on yourself because that really is what dictates everything in your life. Preach. Okay, so we're about out of time, but the last question we always ask is, what's the point? I think it's literally figuring it out and there's no destination, there's no end result. I mean, we all end up at the same place, but I think it's just every day, it's new. It's different. You kind of wake up and you're just doing your best and you don't really know what the point is. You just kind of go Mm -hmm. through life and you hope that you're figuring it out as you go and that you've learned stuff and you learn and you grow and, um, you're happy on an average basis, because as we know, you're not happy every single day. It's not realistic, but you're doing what's true to you. And, figuring it out as you go. I love that answer because it's all about flow and there's no right or wrong and there's no pressures of like what you're supposed to do. Or like destinations. I think it's so, that gets so toxic. Yeah, like don't limit yourself. Again, we didn't know we were both going to end up in LA, like married to Americans, (laughs) like two little Canadian girls. Like it's just, you don't know what's going to happen. What is it? man plans God laughs or something like you just don't yeah. know yeah yeah. You don't life's know. happening when you're busy making plans mm-hmm. there's like a few of those it's true so true and well Dale thank you thank so you much so for much. being so here so wonderful it's so wonderful
so Love fun. You. I'm so excited to meet this little baby. Oh, <laughs> thank you guys. That was so, so fun. That was Thanks, fun. Dale. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.